verses 14 to 30, which can be found on page 702 of your pew Bibles. Matthew 25. Again, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his property to them. To one he gave five talents of money, to another two talents, and to another one talent, each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. The man who had received the five talents went at once and put his money to work and gained five more. So also the one with two talents gained two more. But the man who had received the one talent went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of these servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who had received the five talents brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five talents. See, I have gained five more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. The man with the two talents also came. Master, he said, you entrusted me with two talents. See, I have gained two more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Then the man who had received the one talent came. Master, he said, I knew that you are a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seeds. So I was afraid and went out and hid your talent in the ground. See, here is what belongs to you. His master replied, you wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest where I have not sown and gathered where I have not scattered seed. Well then, you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers, so that when I returned, I would have received it back with interest. Take the talent from him and give it to the one who has the ten talents. For everyone who has will be given more, and he will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. And throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Today's speaker is Todd Engelson. Todd is the president of Peer Servants, a Christian microfinance organization based here in the Boston area with partners all around the world. Todd is an actuary by profession, but after 20 years of uh, working at John Hancock, he decided to um, transition to being a full-time peer servant president in 2004. Todd and his wife, Leslie, worship at Grace Chapel, and they live in Lynn. Their parents to Ayak, their daughter from South Sudan, who now lives in British Columbia with her two, grandch- uh, with her two children, so Todd's two grandchildren. Please join me in welcoming Todd. Let's see. Is, oh, yes, this mic is working. <laughs> Do we have two mics? This is sounding okay. <clears throat> and I'm just going to grab my water from the first service. 
It's been great to be with you this weekend. It's been a real privilege, and uh, it's brought great, great joy to our lives. Uh, I was thinking of the number of ways that we've been blessed, and at the top of my list until just a few minutes ago um, were the dumplings. Now, I have to confess, this, this sport jacket used to button, but I'm having a hard time kind of buttoning it now after those dumplings. But having just seen this dance, now I understand how you stay so thin with all these dumplings. <laughs> and so uh, I don't know if the, 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 the young people will allow me to join. I look probably a little past prime, but uh, I'd love to learn how to dance like that. So thank you, young people for adding to our worship this morning. That brought great glory to God. Thank you. Well, we've been talking this uh, weekend about the kingdom. We started on Friday evening talking about embracing the kingdom, understanding what Jesus meant when he talked about the kingdom and what he was asking us to do when he said, extend this kingdom of heaven to earth and seek this kingdom first. So it's really important that we laid that foundation of understanding what Jesus meant when he talked about the kingdom. Yesterday afternoon, we talked about what it meant to be a disciple. And a disciple of Jesus is one who is at the forefront of extending the kingdom. In fact, Jesus' business strategy, if you want to call it such, his core strategy of extending the kingdom of heaven to earth was making disciples. Last night, we talked about experiencing the kingdom, how we can experience the kingdom in our lives and in our homes. So now we're ready to talk about extending the kingdom, extending the kingdom from heaven to earth. You'll recall that uh, Jesus had this amazing uh, vision statement And it comes from Matthew 6.10. It's what we've prayed already and what you've probably prayed many times. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And that verse, of course, has, uh, has provided the theme for our conference this weekend. And you'll recall that the kingdom has three aspects to it. It has a spiritual aspect where we come into relationship with God but it also has a material aspect to the kingdom, where our needs are met and we can meet the needs of others. And it has a social aspect to the kingdom. We can live in right relationship with each other in this kingdom. So the kingdom has a spiritual, a social, and a material component to it. You'll also recall, actually, we're going to back up here. Sorry, I'm going to make it a little tough on the PowerPoint people. Um, but you'll... Uh, no, I think we're good. Go, go, go to the next one. The, uh, the most critical factor to embracing, experiencing, and extending the kingdom of heaven to earth is allowing the king of this kingdom to reign in your life. And you see, that goes beyond just asking him to come into our lives. It starts there. It starts with salvation. And that what it, that's what extends your life from earth to heaven. But it goes beyond that. In this kingdom, if you make Jesus your king, 
then he wants to extend the kingdom of heaven to earth, in you and through you. You'll recall that we have uh, had some critical numbers that we've looked at in our weekend together. The first was 300. And 300 represents a very conservative estimate. I've heard some people even say 2,000. But it represents a very conservative estimate of the number of verses in the Bible where we read of God's concern for the poor. So we know God is very concerned about the poor. And the second number we got was 40. 40 represents the percentage of our world's population that's living on $2 or less a day. Imagine that, living on $2 or less a day. But from those two numbers, we can conclude that God has a deep concern for the poor, and he wants us to have that same concern. And there are still many people who are very poor. And so God calls us to extend this kingdom of heaven even to them. You'll recall we've also collected some gifts along the way. For some of you, that's been your favorite part. And uh, the first gift that people got Friday night was a mustard seed. Just to remind them that Jesus said the kingdom is like a mustard seed. And it's like a mustard seed because the kingdom kind of grows in small ways. And that miraculous little mustard seed is the same kind of seed that God puts in each of you to be able to, if it's nurtured with prayer, with his word, with service, it can grow into the kingdom. And you can experience the kingdom. You can extend it to others. The other gift we got last night was a fine pearl. A reminder from one of Jesus' many stories where he says the kingdom of heaven is like. And one of those stories, he equated it to a fine pearl that somebody would find it was of tremendous value, but despite its value, they would go sell it to be able to have the kingdom, that they would give up that fine pearl to experience and extend the kingdom. So from that, we gain an appreciation of just how precious this kingdom is. And so we get to one more story where Jesus said, the kingdom of heaven is like. Now, there are many times, in Matthew in particular, where we read Jesus saying, the kingdom of heaven is like. And why do we see so many stories? Well, Jesus taught his disciples to pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So you see Jesus many, many times then telling his disciples, this is what the kingdom of heaven is like. And so one of those stories uh, where he's saying this is what the kingdom of heaven is like is the scripture passage you just heard from Matthew 25, verses 14 through 30. You know, we've been on somewhat of a journey this weekend looking at the kingdom. This is a kingdom story of a journey where a master decides to go on his journey and he entrusts his wealth to three servants. There's one servant that he gives five bags of gold or talents. It depends on the uh, translation that you use. I'm going to choose to use bags of gold. I think it helps us relate to it a little better. So uh, one servant gets five bags of gold. Another gets two, and another gets one. You know the story, but uh, the person who, the, the servant who got five bags of gold 
brings back ten. And he receives the high praise of his master for turning five bags into ten. The one who received two comes back with four and also receives high praise from the master from turning the two bags of gold into four. But the one who received just one has only one to return to the master, and the master has anything but praise for that servant. In fact, the master calls that servant lazy and wicked. In fact, the master takes that one bag of gold that that servant had, and he goes and he gives it to the master or to the servant who had ten, so that that servant has eleven. So what do we learn about the kingdom of heaven from this story? Because remember, this story actually starts with the ki- Jesus saying the kingdom of heaven is like when he tells this story. And I think the first thing we learn is that the priority in our lives should be on extending God's kingdom, not enlarging our own barns. You know, for many years, when I read this story, I thought the servants were getting the money. And, uh, you know, how great that would be if you were a servant and all of a sudden you have 11 bags of gold. You know, you wouldn't need to be a servant anymore if you had 11 bags of gold. But that's not how the story goes. You see, the master was entrusting his wealth to the servants to use it well while he was away. With the possible exception of that one bag of gold taken from the third servant and given to the first it appears that all the bags of gold came back to the master. There were other rewards that were coming to the two servants um, who expanded their master's wealth, but it wasn't in the bags of gold. And the same is true in the kingdom. Jesus calls us to extending, make extending the kingdom our top priority. We should seek it before all other things. Yet, we live in a world far more focused on trying to enlarge our own barns. And even as an evangelical church, we haven't looked much different than the world. Jesus referred to such people as fools. What is the priority in your life? The only way we're going to accomplish this this huge task of extending the kingdom of heaven to earth is if we realize Jesus' vision and we, re- we help it become reality by seeking the kingdom and extending it as our very top priority. I want to read a quote from this book. It's Living Like Jesus uh, by uh, an author called Ronald Sider. And in his introduction, he talks about kind of an imaginary conversation between the archangel Gabriel and Jesus when Jesus uh, returned from his time on earth. And this is what he says. This is Gabriel. Gabriel speaking, well, well, how did it go, Jesus? Did you complete your mission and save the world? Well, yes and no, Jesus replies. I modeled a godly life for about 30 years I preached to a few thousand Jews in one corner of the Roman Empire. I died for the sins of the world and promised that those who believe in me will live forever. 
And I burst from the tomb on the third day to show my circle of 120 frightened followers that my life and story are God's way to save the world. Then I gave the Holy Spirit to those 120 and left them to finish the task. You mean, Gabriel asks in amazement, your whole plan to save the world depends on that ragtag bunch of fishermen, ex-prostitutes, and tax collectors? That's right, Jesus replies. But what if they fail, Gabriel persists with growing alarm. What's your backup plan? There is no backup plan, Jesus says quietly. And that's a very important reality for all of us to remember and embrace. Jesus' plan for extending the kingdom of heaven to earth is up to us. He doesn't have a backup plan. We are the means through which Jesus wants to extend his kingdom to reach the world. And as a result, that should be the top priority in our lives. But there's a second priority in this story that Jesus teaches about the kingdom. And that's, that second priority is that we should make enhancing our abilities to extend the kingdom a priority in our lives. You see, the master gives out these bags of gold according to the abilities of the servants. We never learn what the first servant did to deserve getting five bags of gold, but in all likelihood, it resulted from years of hard work and faithful service to the master. What are your current abilities to extend the kingdom? Are you taking steps to enhance those abilities? We need to be identifying effective ways to enhance our abilities to extend the kingdom and then invest our lives in enhancing those abilities. That is what has led us actually at Peer Servants to work in this area of Christian microfinance because we found it as a very, very effective way of enhancing our abilities to extend the kingdom. I'm going to tell you some stories on that in just a bit. But before we leave Jesus' story, there's one final thing we need to take note of. And that is that this kingdom story reminds us we will have to give an account regarding how effectively we extended the kingdom while Jesus has been on his journey. Our lives are short. None of us, even though many of you are young, and by young I define it as anyone younger than 54, um, Our lives are short, and none of us have that many days or years left to extend the kingdom. Can we be the soil which produces a good crop, multiplying 30, 60, or even 100 times over? And I want to say this especially to the very young people, because I wish I had embraced this gospel of the kingdom when I was your age. It's a huge task. Think about it. Think about how amazing kingdom uh, heaven is. And Jesus is calling to us to extend that here to earth. It's going to take more years than I have left. And I have to admit, my generation has not done it very well. Your generation can do it much better than we have. But start now, understanding what the kingdom is, seeking the kingdom first, 
and making it a priority in your life to extend the kingdom of heaven to earth. You know, as I travel each year, I I have the tremendous privilege of meeting people who are on the front lines of extending the kingdom of heaven to earth. And, And they're constantly working on their ability to more effectively extend the kingdom. Earlier this year, I was in Guatemala with our partner called Potter's House. And uh, they were celebrating 30 years of extending the kingdom of heaven to the people living in one of the largest dumps in Latin America. There, only through video, I met someone who impressed me greatly as one who was extending the kingdom. And I want you to meet that person as well through video this morning. So let's run this video. My name is Ivy Q, and I volunteered at the Potter's House um, in January 1999 for about six months. I was 22 years old, and it was the year between college and medical school. I remember fondly many days spent with Gladys, Edgar, Gaslina, Hector, and many others in the Potter's House community. I worked in the office with Gladys, in the kids program with Yasmina, in the clinic. We often went to the dump to visit families. It was an eye-opening experience for me, and I came away more blessed and encouraged by the perseverance of the families and the workers here than anything that I could offer. One of the conversations that left a deep impression on me was with Gladys. When she told me about her journey, how God led her to the dump and gave her hundreds of children to care for, she and the others who worked at Potter's House inspired me through their radical faith and generosity. Their lives were truly not their own. They were extensions of Jesus. They saw the children and families of the dump as treasures. It is easy for us visitors to come for a short period, gather some cool experiences, and go back to our comfortable lives in the U.S. But for the staff here, it is a labor of love, for some a lifetime. My mother is a typical worried Chinese mom, and at first she was against me coming to Guatemala and delaying my studies. But during my time here in Central America, my mom told me that her faith grew a lot. She had to trust in God more because her baby was out of her reach. After hearing my stories about Potter's House and coming to visit herself, she became an outspoken supporter of the work here. My parents are founding members of the Atlanta Chinese Christian Church, which unbeknownst to me at the time began to support the Potter's House. It's natural for a Chinese church to care about spreading the gospel in China, but I'm really excited that a first-generation Chinese church cares about the poor in Guatemala. Even though I have not had the chance to return to the Potter's House, I think of you often. Every time I have a patient who asks me how I speak Spanish, every time my husband travels to Africa and Southeast Asia, also to fight global poverty. I now have two girls of my own, Karina and Chloe, and I hope to bring them to the Potter's House one day so their eyes can be open to the poor, but also to the love, community, and the hope that can exist because of Jesus. Girls, do you have a message? One, two, three. Cristo vive! Cristo vive! Christ lives. So I hope you paid attention as Ivy described the Guatemalans who are on the cutting edge of extending the kingdom. How does she describe them? She described them by their radical faithfulness and generosity. They did not see their lives as their own, 
but they were extensions of Jesus. And when they looked at the materially poor, they saw treasures. We've got a schizophrenic PowerPoint, it looks like. (laughs) Somebody lay hands on that, huh? So... And did you catch how Ivy herself was used by God to extend the kingdom? Not only through her own life, but in her mother's life, the life of her church, and the lives of her daughters, who closed the video with Cristo Vive. That's an example of somebody who took some time in between her undergraduate years and her medical school to go and embrace the materially poor, to go where Jesus would go. And you can see how it's transformed her life by experiencing the kingdom and being able to extend it. And that brings us to our key question for this morning. That question is this. How are you extending the kingdom of heaven to earth? Is today the day that you need to reprioritize some things in your life to extend more of the kingdom of heaven? First into your home, maybe into your workplace or the neighborhood, your church, perhaps some of you even to the ends of the earth. Please don't allow the sun to set today before you meet with God and say, God, what reprioritizations do I need to do so that my mission in life aligns with your mission. Now, I want to talk about some steps you can take to enhance your abilities to be more effective in extending the kingdom. And to do that, I'm calling on my gang of M&Ms here, which uh, the PowerPoint, if we go another couple clicks, will get us to. We have five M&Ms that are going to help us here. And five M's that will enhance your ability to extend the kingdom. The first M is make your life missional. You need to be on a mission in your life. Adopt a personal mission statement that will help you set your priorities. And especially, again, to the young people, I would encourage you to do this. Develop a mission statement that says, this is what my life is going to be about. And make sure that mission statement aligns with Jesus' mission to extend the kingdom of heaven to earth. Maybe you want to go on a missions trip. I was so encouraged to hear of this trip to New York City. That's fantastic. Go on a missions trip to expand your worldview, to break out of your cultural limitations, and align more closely with God's worldview and God's mission. Form your personal board of directors you know, like-minded followers of Jesus who will encourage you to be radical in your commitment to extend the kingdom. That's what it's going to take. It's going to take your willingness to give up everything. So first, be missional. Second, be merciful. You will enhance your ability to extend the kingdom if you become more merciful. I want you to think about heaven. You should think about heaven a lot because that's the kingdom you're supposed to extend to earth. And one of the things when you think about heaven that probably comes to mind, at least it does for me, is mercy. I am terribly in need of God's mercy. And if we're supposed to extend the kingdom of heaven to earth, then we need to be extending God's mercy to earth. Who do you need to be extending mercy to? Is it somebody again in your home? Is it somebody at work? Is it one of your friends? 
Be merciful to them. That's one of the best ways you can help somebody else who's far from the kingdom. Start to understand what the kingdom of heaven is like. The third M, factor in the material. You know, remember our key numbers, 300, a conservative estimate of how many times God says, I'm concerned about the poor, 40, the percentage of the people in our, in our world living on $2 or less a day. God is very concerned about the materially poor, and our world still has many of them. But there's good news. We have a third number, and that third number is 100. You see, a $100 initial microloan can put an extremely poor family on the path to experiencing sufficiency and dignity. And then when you complement that with some business training, spiritual encouragement, and a Christian team of microfinance professionals who will walk with them and invest in them, even those people who are living on $2 or less a day can be experiencing the kingdom. Not only experiencing it, but extending it to others as well. And that's what God's called us to at Peer Servants. I want to tell you quickly the story of three of them. There's actually over 200,000 that are currently being served. But I want to tell you a story, a quick story of Emily. Emily's our next slide. Emily lives in the Philippines. She was widowed as a teenager. But she took a $100 loan because she had learned when she was younger how to sew. And so she took a $100 microloan from our partner in the Philippines, and she paid it back, but she used it to start this business, which is making curtains and pillowcases. And she got larger and larger loans so that she could build that business to eventually employ 20 people and to sell her curtains and her pillowcases through 20 wholesalers. So you see what impact she had, even though she started very, very poor. She's been able to educate her children, even though she's a widow. And she's even been able to educate her extended family's children through this business. It started with a $100 microloan. The same is true for the next person I want you to meet, Claudia from Guatemala. Claudia lives in the garbage dump community that Ivy just talked about. And she's got a $100 loan to start a jewelry-making business. And through that and then subsequent larger loans, she was able to provide for this beautiful family and educate those children and take care of her ailing father. The same is true of Joshua in northern Uganda. Joshua is disabled. He got a $100 loan to start an event planning business where he rents out these chairs and a tent and all if you have some kind of big event. So if you are planning your wedding in northern Uganda, you want to see Joshua. He'll loan you the, the chairs, the tent you need. Through that business, Joshua has been able to create jobs for other disabled people. So you see how the kingdom grows. $100 is like a mustard seed to us, but that's how the kingdom can grow. So there's a material aspect to it. The fourth M of our M&Ms is if you want to enhance your ability to extend the kingdom, you have to approach the mission as mutual. The very people you think God is sending you to may be the people God is sending to you. You even heard it when our... Our sister was speaking about the trip to New York City, how the children were blessing them as much as they were blessing the children. That's often how God works. We have hundreds of peer servants volunteers who work closely with our microfinance partners and their clients, and they have returned, you know, wanting to give, but they have returned having received far more than they have given. So one of the ways to be the most effective, especially in extending the kingdom of heaven to the materially poor, 
is to approach it with a perspective that many times it's actually better to receive than give. I know Jesus said it's better to give than receive. Someday we're going to have a debate. I'm going to have a debate with Jesus on this one. I know I'm going to lose, but uh, we're still going to have it because often it's actually better to receive from somebody than to give because you're affirming their humanity and who God has made them to be. And finally, our fifth M, enhancing your ability to extend the kingdom makes your life very meaningful. It will allow you to become like the first servant, the one who got five, not the third, but it will take intentionality and a willingness to work hard to enhance your ability to extend the kingdom. So remember these five M&Ms if you want to enhance your ability to extend the kingdom. Make your life missional, become more merciful, factor in the material, approach your mission as mutual, and enhance your ability by making your life more meaningful. Well, I have one minute to give you your gift. So are you ready? You've already received a mustard seed, a fine pearl. The gift I want to give you today is a baton. You see, the baton is a reminder that we are all called to extend the kingdom of heaven to others and that we are not in this race alone. Think of it as a relay. Who often wins the relay race? It isn't necessarily the one who runs the fastest. Often it's the one who can pass the baton the most effectively. And that's what we're called to do, to receive the kingdom from from some and then to extend the kingdom of heaven to others. And if you do that, if you pass that baton well, many others will be able to experience more of the kingdom of heaven on earth as well. So we've had a wonderful weekend together here talking about the kingdom. And I really want to thank all of you You have extended the kingdom of heaven to us. And I know that if we work together, we can not only embrace the kingdom, we can not only experience the kingdom, but we can extend the kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. Let's pray to that end. Father, we thank you and we praise you.